Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain, and it is time for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. It's Friday, and that means, that's right, this is a sponsored podcast by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. It's the place to go when betting on the NFL this holiday season. New customers, listen to this, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do win. Plus, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code Five questions, all one word. That's right, five questions. Spell it out. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code five questions only at DraftKings Sportsbook, 21 and older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply, and make sure you stay tuned. The same game parlay segment's coming up at the end of this first half. We've got a lot of news. Actually, not a lot of news this week. We've got a rookie recap we've got random thoughts we've got keys to victory and jeremy jerome betts is going to join me for nfl picks but stay tuned till the end for my heart to heart as we do every friday let's get this show on the road shall we with some news not a ton but here we go ravens quarterback room's a mess everyone knows that lamar jackson has been out of practice uh but still when you look at lamar jackson yeah it doesn't look like he's going to play with that pcl injury in his knee but on top of that, it was reported by Jeremy Fowler, this was kind of like at the bottom of an insider article on ESPN+, Plus, that Tyler Huntley has been sick, ill, and hasn't been 100% leading up to this game. They've been limiting him in practice. Something to keep your eye on based on the fact that this team is already dealing with Lamar Jackson being out. If Tyler Huntley's not 100%, that's not going to be... Good news for them. Good news for the Steelers. Not good news for the Ravens. Chris Boswell, he had his 21-day window started on Thursday. That's good news for his potential return. Will he return this week? My guess is no. I'm going to guess that he, the Steelers, are going to take a wait-and-see approach and see how his groin responds to doing some work before they take him off of injured reserve. Uh, Matthew Wright's been doing the job. I don't see why he can't do it for at least one more week. So we'll see what happens there. But William Jackson III, the cornerback, he did not, I repeat, did not have his 21-day window started. So that's the news. Let's do a little rookie recap, shall we, as we do every Friday. And this is just my general thoughts on the rookies. This is not like what they do on other podcasts with the War Room where Matty Peverell dives deep into rookies on both sides. No, I don't care about the Ravens rookies. And this isn't like what they do on the Steelers Fix where they talk about rookies in the draft. No, this is just Jeff's thoughts on these players. So we'll start with Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, as I've said a million times, I feel like he's improving. He is heading in the right direction. It seems like the offense is being tailored to suit him and his skill set more. So that's exciting. You want to see improvement in certain areas. And I don't think there's any area that needs improve more than when the field gets shorter. I want to say red zone, but it's more just about in the scoring area. What I'm talking about is when you get in around the 30-yard line, I'd say 35 and in is when the field really starts to get short. You want to see that area of his game improve. 
But Kenny Pickett, a lot of the issues and concerns that people had about him earlier in his tenure as the Steelers starter, they've kind of ironed themselves out, especially the turnovers. He's done a good job keeping it clean. Hopefully that trend continues. George Pickens, I'm going to talk about his attitude here in a second. But his game, it fluctuates, like a lot of rookie receivers fluctuate. But the one thing that I I loved what Mike Tomlin said, where he was really adamant that he does not want George Pickens and what happened on the sideline to become any type of narrative. He just said he wants the football. He wasn't getting the football. Everyone wants the football. Matt Canada spoke to media on Thursday. He said the same thing. George wants the football. Pat Fryermuth wants the football. Deontay Johnson, he went down the line. He goes, they all want the football. And if they're not getting it, they get frustrated. That's part of the game, and unfortunately, some players handle it differently. But I think George Pickens is really on a good trajectory. Uh, DeMarvin Leal returned to action this week. Uh, only a handful of snaps. They're easing him back in, but I'm glad to see him back out there. I think he's an important part of the puzzle. Can't Connor Hayward had a big game, had his – First touchdown reception, 17-yard touchdown catch. It was a great job getting his feet in bounds, holding onto the ball throughout the catch. Great stuff by him. I'd love to see him and Pat Fryermuth be more of a two-tight end set. The Steelers could really do some some really interesting things with the, that, that tight end tandem. We'll see if they head down that direction towards the end of the season. And lastly, Jalen Warren, again, just like talking about DeMarlin Leal, it seems like they're easing him back in after coming off of that hamstring injury, but it's good to have him him back so that's the rookie recap for this week heading into week 14 let's go to some random thoughts if you didn't notice and if you don't follow the the big name beat writers and stuff like that on twitter you might not have but the atlanta falcons a team the Steelers just beat well they're making a quarterback change they're going to desmond ritter they are on their bye week and you're probably thinking jeff who cares about the falcons quarterback situation I do for a lot of reasons. They were, and I said this last week leading up to the game, there were a lot of differences, uh, or a lot of similarities, I should say, between the Falcons and how they handled their quarterback position with Matt Ryan gone, and the Steelers handling their quarterback position with Ben Roethlisberger retired. And so they go to Ritter now, they being the Falcons. The Steelers went to Pickett earlier this season. To me, this Pittsburgh's ahead of the curve. If Desmond Ritter turns out to be the guy for the Falcons, think about what they've missed by playing Mariota all this time. They're 5-8. and eight. They're still in the hunt in the NFC South because that division is just god-awful. But other than that, the Steelers, they made that move, and everyone knew what that meant when they made that move. And what that meant was the future is now. We're going to see what we have with Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett has learned a lot. He's improved a lot. And you would hope that that would carry on into next year. It's just a differing approach. That's all it is. But it's just very interesting to me. I'd mentioned George Pickens' attitude. And George Pickens, everyone was talking about him on the sidelines, being disgruntled. Cameron Hayward goes over and is kind of helping him to understand that it's a team game, all that stuff. I noticed something. You know, I saw, I watched the mic'd up version of, or it's a sights and sounds, I think is what the Steelers call it, on YouTube uh, on Thursday during my lunch break at work. And I was watching, I, I like to do this, and this is maybe just something that I do out of habit. I was watching the players celebrate Connor Hayward's touchdown. So I'm watching them celebrate. So Connor Hayward brings down the touchdown catch, the the end line, the, the goal line judge signals touchdown. And I'm like, oh man, they're all excited for the rookie. Guess who was maybe the most excited? Was George Pickens. It was George Pickens. He's jumping up and down. He's just so hyped that his fellow rookie and that his teammate made a play. To me, 
that is not a guy that is necessarily me first. If I would have seen, and we saw this, everyone wants to compare him to Antonio Brown. We saw this at times with Antonio Brown where if he was open and someone else made a play, he was just heading off the field. He was walking off the field, taking his helmet off. Hey, yeah, whatever. I I was open, though. George Pickens was not that guy. So that tells me a lot about his attitude. That celebration, he's happy for his teammates. Sure, he wants the football, but he's not going to let it deter from the bigger scope, the, the overall global picture here, and that is the Steelers winning a football game. That told me a lot. That told me a lot about how he handled that situation. Lastly, the last random thought for this week is, an article that I wrote on Thursday for the website. I always go back and look at Kenny Pickett's transcript from his Wednesday media session, and he was talking about his relationship with Matt Canada. You know, it's been talked about a lot on my podcast that what if at the end of the season, Art Rooney, Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, Andy Weedle pull Kenny Pickett into an office and say, look, if you want to keep Matt Canada, we will. If you want him gone, he's gone. But you're the quarterback, and we need to find something that works. It sounds like Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada have a great relationship. Matt Canada recruited Kenny Pickett out of high school to go to Pitt. He went to Pitt, but Matt Canada left. And then he reconnects with, with Kenny Pickett now in the Pittsburgh. It's just it's crazy, and they definitely seem to be working together. And that's important with a coordinator and a quarterback. They have to work together, not against one another. Do what works best. Do what is going to make everyone better. So something to keep an eye on. Think about some of this stuff as the season plays itself out. All right, let's get to the main title of this podcast, and that is that the Steelers' offense is going to have to beat the Ravens in Week 14, in my opinion. The Steelers' offense is going to have to beat the Ravens in Week 14. Unlike in other games, this Week 14 game against Baltimore at Acrisure Stadium will come down to not the defense, the offense. A lot of people might think that this will be another Baltimore-Pittsburgh grudge match. Look, it might be. It's possible. I'm not saying it's not. But it's going to be different. This game is going to be different. There's new names, new faces. We all know the names that are gone. You know, no more Ben Roethlisberger now. Ray Lewis is long gone. Ed Reed's long gone. He's in the Hall of Fame. They both are. Uh, You don't have Haloti Nada, no Terrell Suggs. There's no Heinz Ward. There's no Troy Palomalu. There's no Jerome Bettis. All these names that made this rivalry what it is today, they're all gone. And so now you have these new faces you have these new situations where it's just so unique now is this going to carry over is the rivalry going to be as heated everyone's been talking about the word the r word respect everyone's been saying all these two guys these two teams respect each other go back to when joey porter got on the toward the team bus in baltimore in pittsburgh the baltimore team bus there was no respect there he wanted blood That's what made this rivalry great. I don't know if it's going to be like that. It might be different. But the big question for me is, can the Steelers' offense put up points? I mean, it's not likely that the Steelers are going to be able to run their way to victory, kind of like they have the last two weeks, especially in Atlanta, where they ran the ball so well. This rush defense for Baltimore, we're going to talk about that in the keys to victory. They are legit. They are a very good run defense. And so it's going to come down to, well, what's the weakness in the Ravens' defense it's in their secondary can Kenny Pickett in the passing game get the job done this is a big step here folks this is a big step this is a big test for Kenny Pickett but not just Kenny Pickett the passing game the offensive line to hold up against that Baltimore Ravens pass rush for Kenny Pickett to deliver the passes and for the pass catchers to bring them in 
I mean, you think about some of the throws that have been made. Some have been very bad. That pass to Pat Farmeath where he overthrew him, that's a bad throw. He had him. You got to make that throw. But then you think about some of these other passes that were catchable and they were dropped. Deontay Johnson's had one. Najee Harris had one. I'm not saying that they're not easy, that they're easy catches, but they're catchable. That's what the Steelers are going to have to do. Can they get the job done in the passing game? Because you're not just going to be able to move the ball on the ground. And moving the ball in and of itself is not going to be enough. You have to score touchdowns. I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. And there's a reason why the over-under is set below 40, well below 40. But still, and you'll get my prediction in the second half, but still, this is going to come down to the offense. This, this game, this outcome is going to come down to the offense, and in my opinion, Kenny Pickett, to make the plays necessary without turning it over and when it matters the most. And I think this is a good segue into the preview part of our podcast on Friday and getting get you geeked up for Ravens week and the keys to victory and all that stuff. So taking a look at this game, the Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, you look at these two teams, uh, the records, Steelers are 5-7, and 1-2 in a row. The Baltimore Ravens are 8-4, and four, coming off of a 10-9 win over the Denver Broncos at M&T Bank Stadium. Right now, uh, the Ravens are underdogs. And I, last I saw, it was two and a half, but it's fluctuated to three. The over-under said it either 37 or 36 and a half. The, this is a weird game when you look at the injuries and things like that. Here's what's maybe even weirder is that the last five games in the series, four and one in the Steelers' favor. The Steelers have won four games in a row. I've said it before, the Steelers have, haven't lost, I should say, haven't lost to the Ravens since 2019. Now, there's no Ben Roethlisberger this year. But I did found it interesting. I didn't realize that the Steelers lead the season series or the overall all-time history 32 wins to 24 losses. So we talk about the injury report. That's going to be very important leading up to this game. And it's funny because as of as of this being recorded, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, let me re- refresh, I have not submitted their injury report yet uh, for this game. So... We'll have to go by what they did on Wednesday, uh, but still, let's look at the Steelers. So Cameron Hayward got the day off on Thursday. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi didn't practice, but he did. But he hasn't practiced on Wednesday either. That's not abnormal for him. Maybe he'll still be able to go. It's a toe injury. We'll see. Now, T.J. Watt, he was a limited participant on Wednesday, didn't practice on Thursday with a rib injury. Maybe this is just me being optimistic, which it could be. But I feel like this is maybe Tomlin giving him a day off, but they're just labeling it as a rib injury. I don't know. Same with Deontay Johnson. He has a hip injury. Deontay Johnson was limited on Wednesday and didn't practice on Thursday. We'll see what Friday holds for these players, but just keep that in mind. Uh, This is kind of opposite. Chooks Okorafor, shoulder injury, didn't practice Wednesday, limited Thursday, trending in the right direction. Najee Harris with his abdominal slash oblique injury on Wednesday didn't practice, was back in limited form on Thursday. Malik Reed with a back injury didn't practice on Wednesday, but was a full participant on Friday. So Friday, I'm sorry, on Thursday. So Friday is going to be a key day for the injury report. You're looking at names like Ogunjobi, Watt, Deontay Johnson, making sure those guys get back to practice and hopefully have no injury designation. Now I'm just going to list the players for the Ravens that didn't practice due to an injury, not because it was a rest or personal reasons. So we know Lamar Jackson didn't with a knee injury. Offensive lineman Patrick McCarry with a toe didn't practice. Um, 
Daryl Worley, the cornerback, didn't practice with a hamstring injury. Uh, guard Kevin Zeitler with a knee didn't practice. Uh, Delshawn Phillips, outside linebacker with a quad, was limited. Patrick Queen with a thigh was limited. Uh, Christian Welch with a concussion was limited. And Ronnie Stanley was a full participant. That's important for them because Ronnie Stanley hasn't He's missed the last two games with that ankle injury. So keep your eye out on that, but let's get to the keys to victory. What I do is I give you three keys on offense, three keys on defense, and then I'm going to give you that DraftKings Sportsbook parlay. So let's start off on the offensive side of the ball. Balance is going to be key. Balance. They have to be smart about how they balance out the run in the pass, though. You have to give Kenny Pickett the flexibility to change things at the line of scrimmage. Whether it's just change the run from right to left or whether it's the audible out of a play that he sees is going to be dead from the moment it's snapped. Have to give him the flexibility to go to the line and see this isn't going to work. I need to make a change and then allow him to make that change. Balance between run and pass will be key. You're not going to be able to just run, run, run against this Ravens defense. They're too good. That's that's not the way you attack this defense. The way you attack it is a second key, and that is you exploit the pass defense of the Baltimore Ravens. They are surrendering 248 yards per game, 25th in the NFL. That's right, the 25th ranked pass defense with Baltimore. That's how the Steelers are going to have to move the ball. But again, go back to the first one. You can't outthink yourself. You can't sit there and think, well, you know what? We're just going to throw, throw, throw. No, you have to still run the football. You have to give them something to think about. You can't just expect to throw the ball 50 times and beat the Baltimore Ravens. Lastly, shouldn't shock anyone, touchdowns, not field goals. Scoring points in this game, well, points will be at a premium. So, yes, most people, when they hear that statement, points will be at a premium, they think, oh, well, field goals are going to be key. And they will be key. But ultimately, if you can score touchdowns, that's when you actually put the game away. So touchdowns will win it. Field goals will keep it close. Baltimore is giving up 19.7 points per game. If you can put the ball into the end zone, you're going to put their their offense against the Steelers' defense in a bind. They're, gonna, they're not going to be able to run the ball. If the Steelers could come out and jump to a two-score lead, it could change the way the Ravens approach this game, and that could be huge. So the three keys on offense balance, exploit the pass defense of the Baltimore Ravens, and touchdowns not field goals. On defense, number one thing, stop the run. The Ravens are are averaging 157.8 yards per game on the ground. That is third in the league. And they're coming, but the Steelers are coming off a game where they are they, they played the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons have the second best rushing offense in the league. And they did a pretty good job. If they could keep the Ravens under 150 yards rushing as a team, I think the Steelers win this game. If they can keep them under 150 I think the Steelers win the game. And if they can stop the run or at least slow it down, that goes to the second key. Force this game into Huntley's hands. The Ravens are only throwing the ball. They have 192 yards per game. That is 26 in the NFL. Huntley turned the ball over in Baltimore last last season in Week 18 when they played him. He is not Lamar Jackson. He is athletic, and he does provide a skill set that's going to be a challenge. But he is not Lamar Jackson. Force it into his hands and then be opportunistic. The last thing, the last key, hold the Baltimore Ravens to field goals. Okay, so the last three games, the Ravens offense has put up 12, 27, and 10 points. And a lot of that's been with Lamar Jackson, a quarterback. Their offense is averaging 23.8 points per game. I feel like if the Steelers can keep 
The Ravens off of 20. They have a really good chance of winning this game. Keep them off of 20. So hold them to field goals. If they move the ball and they stall out and kick a Justin Tucker field goal, that's fine. Keep them to field goals, not touchdowns, and you see how things go. So those are the keys to victory on defense. Stop the run, force it into Huntley's hands, and hold the Ravens to field goals. Now, we're talking about this DraftKings Sportsbook Parlay. Every week this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you in Maryland. West Virginia, and Pennsylvania so that you can follow along with one easy click. This week, our parlay is. Now, I said on Wednesday when our buddy Brian Haynes told me that I need help with my parlays, I was like, I'm going to take a different approach. I was going to take an approach of, instead of going with the Steelers, was going to go against the Ravens. So I looked at the props. They have no idea who's going to be the quarterback for the Ravens, at least not officially. So they don't have any props for anyone for the Ravens other than Mark Andrews. Well, Mark Andrews is a tight end. The Steelers don't really do well against tight ends. I'm not touching that that prop. So I kind of had to go the old conventional way. But I went back to my keys to victory, and I thought, okay, they have to exploit the pass defense of the Ravens. So I thought that the Steelers are going to be able to throw the ball, and that's probably the, their mode of transportation of moving the ball against the Ravens. So here's my parlay this week. Kenny Pickett passing yards, 220-plus. That's what I'm thinking. Take the over on the 220. I don't know what's telling me this. He hasn't gotten close to 220 yet in a long time, but I think this is the week where they might be able to actually move the ball through the air. Next, Pat Fryermuth receiving yards, going with the receiving aspect of things. 50-plus yards, that's plus 105. I like 50 over. George Pickens, same number, 50 over. It's plus 130. That's a, that's a good odds there. Here's the thing. Last week, or two weeks ago, I should say, Deontay Johnson was the one crying about targets. What happens? He gets 11 last week in Atlanta. George Pickens, everyone's talking about him. I have a feeling they're going to go to him early and often. So there you have it. Kenny Pickett passing yards, 220-plus. Take it. Muth, Pat Fryermuth, receiving yards, 50-plus. There you go. Leg two. Last leg, George Pickens, 50-plus. This team is tough to predict, but that's where I'm going this week. Be sure to check out our Twitter page where we'll have an image there for you give you directions on how to find that bet on DraftKings app and on their desktop. Each week, DraftKings new offers provides new offers and great ways to make your Sundays more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, folks, that's the first half. In the second half, you have Jeremy Jerome Betts with the All Bets Are Off segment and my heart to heart, so stay tuned till the end. We'll be right back. Steeler fans, it's Friday, it's the second half of Let's Ride, and you know what that means, it's the All Bets Are Off segment, and literally All Bets Are Off. I, I know I just told you right before the break that Jeremy Jerome Betts is going to be on, stuff happens, you know, and, and if anyone knows that sometimes in radio, you got to go off the, off the cuff, so to speak, it's the guy that I have filling in, it's Brian Davis. What's up, Brian? How's it going? It's a boyhood dream come true, Jeffy. It's, to be on the show, this isn't your first time on the show. I know it's my second, but I mean, <laughs> you didn't invite me back. So I thought I did something wrong. You know, it's like on Johnny Carson. If you got the, uh, if, if he motioned you over, 
Yeah. Act, like the, oh, mu- yeah. the musical acts. Like sometimes he would motion you over to the sit down on the couch. Like you're getting motioned over, Brian. Like this is a good thing. Oh, this so- is huge. I love it. <laughs> so big now. All right. Uh, so Brian's, he's a host like I am on the network. And, you know, sometimes you get sick of asking the questions. And you just want to answer the questions. So Brian's going to get to answer some questions about this upcoming week 14 game. Uh, Brian, let me ask you this. When you think of regular season Steelers, Ravens, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Regular season. That's the key. Regular season. Oh my gosh. There have been so many of them for some reason. 1997 was such a fun year for me. And there were two games in 1997, a 37, nothing win. And then the Steelers coming back in that game. But if you go regular season, you have got to probably go 2008 Santonio Holmes, Holmes just breaking the plane of the goal. That I, I think that's the biggie. Yeah, it's a toss up for me. I, I think to the Immaculate Extension. Oh, uh, the, yeah, sure. that was regular season, wasn't it? it? Yeah, it clinched the division. It clinched the division for the Steelers. But then I also think of Heath Miller and Charlie Batch in MT Bank Stadium, where Heath catches that out route and dives and touches the pylon with the football. And Charlie Batch and Ben embrace on the sideline as Ben was hurt and couldn't play. I mean, when you think of Steelers Ravens, here's a word that I can't really stand that has been injected into this rivalry respect. And now I listened to know your enemy the other yeah, night. And, and I you, mentioned respect. Yes. And I love the answer. Was it Wilcox? Is that Daniel Wilcox, man, yeah. this guy's he's incredible. Yeah. If you missed that show, you got to go back and listen. But he said, I don't know how much respect there was. It was a lot of hate. And I was like, yes, that's it. That's it. Like we, we as fans are like, oh, well, these guys respect each other. If they do now, then I miss what it was. Like it was, it was almost like a, there was a bloodthirst about this matchup when you had Joey Porter reportedly. And he said, didn't maybe didn't happen going on the bus, <laughs> the Ravens bus after the game. But you had Joey Porter going after a banged up Todd heap. Like that's the stuff that happened. Heinz Ward hitting uh, Ed Reed to the point where he was never the same after that hit. I didn't know that. I didn't either. So These are things that we're learning. I miss that, but do you still, there's so many new faces. Like Ben was the last of the breed. You know what I mean? There's no one left in my opinion from that era. Do you think you could ever get back to that? Or do you think that this is just going to be a new super respectful? This is fun. I, I think it's back to that. And I'll tell you why, because that game last year, I mean, remember TJ was around for the immaculate extension. Yeah. And and that was that was he was a rookie, but that was a big no, he wasn't. No, that was 2016. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, but there's some guys that were around for that. There were some guys that were around for that 2019 game, which if Juju doesn't fumble, and really, that's I'm not putting that fumble on Juju in that game, but that's the same game that Earl Thomas almost killed Mason Rudolph. Yeah. And Mason wasn't the same again after that hit. You could actually say that, but, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of respect and I kind of get the feeling that, yo, no, it's the true rivalry when miles Jack is, you know, excuse the pun, getting all jacked up this game and people <laughs> calling them and tell them, this is what it's all about. Miles. This is what it's all about. I mean, it's like wrestling They're They're pumped for this. Miles Jack can't wait to walk into the stadium and he's never had this rivalry before. Yeah, I I think of there's one play that made me think, and this was, I believe, two years ago, maybe that this was kind of going back to that that hatred that I I talked about earlier. And that was was the game was on the line 
touchdown pass. Ravens had the football thrown into the end zone. Minka Fitzpatrick hits William yes. Willie Sneed. Yes. And everyone was like, that was interference. He hit him hard. I mean, he the guy left his feet and Minka took him out. And there was no flag. And I think that was was that 20 was November first, 2020. Yeah, because Alex Highsmith had an interception of Lamar Jackson in that game, and that was in in Baltimore. Yep. I hope it gets back to that, not to the point where I feel like players are going to get injured, but I never felt that way. I felt that way when Vontez Burfecht played. I never felt like anyone was going to uh, going out there to hurt someone else. They were out there to send a message. I'm all about that. I'm all about that. But let's talk about the actual game coming up, Brian. Tyler Huntley presents a unique set of circumstance. We'll put it that way. He has the athleticism of Lamar Jackson, but he's not Lamar Jackson. He, he's he's not as talented. If he was as talented, he would be he would have been drafted and, and all that other stuff. When you, when you think about the Steelers going up against Huntley, you say, are you, are you more confident or is there still pause for you when you think about that running game of the Baltimore Ravens? He's Lamar light, but he could run. But the thing about him, I actually think he has a better passing arm than that of Lamar Jackson. I could be wrong on that. Uh, he's not the dynamic runner. He's in fact, you're not going to find, even though you're getting some great performances from Jalen Hurts and and the uh, Justin Fields type players, Lamar Jackson is the spark, and yeah. he is he is that guy, and he'll he'll kill you on a moment's notice. He, it's almost like <clears throat> it's almost like Friday the Thirteenth movies when you know you're back in the tent, the two campers are back in the tent together and they're like, oh, we finally, the whole thing's over. We're fine. And next thing you know, slash, it comes through, the knife comes through and lops the dude's head off and the female co-ed goes running. And that's what Lamar Jackson, he can go, he can go 59 minutes without killing you. And then in that last one minute, he lops your head off and you don't see it coming. Yeah. Now, when you think about the other side of the football, the Steelers' offense going against that Ravens' defense. Now, the, the, the Ravens' offense has struggled, and they've struggled since their bye. I mean, they've scored 12 points, 27 and 10 uh, since they came off that Week 10 bye. The defense, it's flipped. I mean, they, they're they're really, really dominant, but they struggle against the pass. How confident are you in this game that Kenny Pickett and the passing offense of the Steelers can actually move the ball and put points on the board when it matters most? I think they're going to have to do it over the middle. I think they're going to have to be creative. I think you're going to have to rely on a running game. And I think that's where Najee Harris could, you know, shake the trees on this and, and really make it possible for the passing game to uh, be a little more effective. It's just, uh, we're going to find out all we need to find out about Kenny Pickett. We're going to see how, I mean, this is uh, audio, not video, but I think of uh, Major League Two with the whole. You ain't got no marbles. Yeah, the marbles, and and I'm doing the little shaking <laughs> thing, and uh, you know we're gonna find it all about this guy's makeup, and we think he's tough, and we de- we know he's tough, but this is a different game. And you go through, and if you have poise against the Ravens, and it's possible. If you have poise as a quarterback and you serve notice, then game on. That rivalry that you wanted is back if Kenny Pickett could do it. And I, I think he has the marbles, but he has marbles in two places. The one that we talk about sophomorically, but he's got good marbles in the head 
where he's really, I mean, he's smart. And I really think that uh, if he plays it right, that he's going to be dangerous and he, they could beat this Ravens team this week. So you, you laid it out there, what has to happen, but you didn't answer the main part of my question is, are you confident that they can get it done? I'm co- I, I'm always confident in Kenny Pickett. And that's the thing that this is why I'm so thrilled about Kenny Pickett, because I am confident in him. Even in games when they're down, I have a feeling that I don't feel like it's over right away. And you felt like that in Mason Rudolph games. And my gosh, you felt like that in some ways in Ben games towards the end. And But Ben always had that smarts and, and he was able to rely on being Ben to get it done in the end. But I kind of feel confident the whole way around that it's never over with Kenny Pickett. And it's even seemed that way in the Miami game. I thought he could have come back and he just, he had some rookie blues, but in that Miami game, in that Cincinnati game, I I was confident in him the whole way. I was the big things in the Indianapolis game. You're like, all right, this guy's got it. They're, they're down now. Um, they're struggling, but they're they're going to put it back together after that bad third quarter. So, I really that's that's why I'm all in on Kenny Pickett right now. All right, very good. So, what we normally do, I'm sure you know this as the podcast producer for the website, is we go through our game picks, our NFL game picks, and we don't do every game anymore based on the fact that it was just taking too long. And a lot of these games, who gives a crap, you know? Unless it relate, unless it relates somehow to the Steelers. We're going to go through game by game, pick them against the spread, give our thoughts on those. And then, of course, at the end, we're going to give them our predictions for the Steelers and Ravens this Sunday in the Ack, Ackershire Stadium. So, Brian, are you ready for the picks? I am Ack in black and gold. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, this is a rivalry week across the division as the Steelers get ready for the Ravens. The Browns play the Bengals. I was still shocked. I didn't realize Joe Burrow's never beaten the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and the Browns are on the road in Cincinnati getting five and a half points. Deshaun Watson is the quarterback now. He looked atrocious last week. Brian, what do you think about this AFC North grudge match? Man, I tell you what, I really think Cincinnati is, uh, especially with the Ravens doing unraven-like things and and being not knowing their identity right now and struggling, I really feel like this Cincinnati team is becoming one of the best in the AFC once again. The spread, are we doing the spread here? Am I? Yeah, am I, yep, okay, five and so, a half, yep. So I've got to do math in my head here. Um, gosh, I, I really, th- I'm going to go ahead and take Cincinnati. Mm, okay. I'm going to take Cleveland getting five and a half. I, I like their record against Burrow. I don't think they're going to win this game, but I do think they're going to keep it close. I don't think Deshaun Watson will be as bad as he was last week, even though that was great to see, in my opinion. Uh, but still, I'll take the Browns getting five and a half points on the road. Uh, you know, some Steeler fans are talking about that P word again, the playoffs. 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 Uh, and yeah, playoffs. We can't win a game. You're talking about the playoffs. So let's talk about the New York Jets, who would be ahead of the Steelers and have a head-to-head tiebreaker against the Buffalo Bills. They're in Buffalo, and the Jets are getting 10 points on the road. Brian, what do you think about this game? All right, the Jets have scoring power, and I have no problem saying that I, I would pick the Jets to cover, but they're not going to win this game because they lost the playoffs when Zach Wilson opened his mouth and did not support his team, and I mean, they he lost his job there, and I know he's not there anymore. I mean, he's there, but I know yeah. it's Mike White's team, 
right now. I just don't think that uh, they are strong enough with Mike White to go ahead and beat Buffalo. Buffalo has not been amazing, but Buffalo could beat them. But I'll go ahead and give away the points to the Jets and say Jets. I agree. I'm going to take the Jets plus 10, but Buffalo's coming off that. They played in Thursday night last week, so they have like a little mini buy. Oh, yeah. Uh, they might be, well, who knows what that's going to look like. Some teams that's great, some teams it's not, but I'm going to take the Jets getting 10 in that division game. Uh, let's stick with that theme of potential playoff components the miami dolphins and la chargers the dolphins are on the road in california giving three so the chargers are three point home dogs what do you think about this one well i'm, I'm gonna go ahead with miami because the chargers aren't right the chargers are beat up with i mean the receiving core is beat up i know keenan allen is back is they just don't seem like the team they should be they in fact they're one of the biggest disappointments of the 2022 season they, they should have been in they should have been a lock for the afc championship game against either buffalo or kansas city they should have been up there and they should have been neck and neck with kc in the division and i think miami has found themselves they're strong tyreek hill is i mean that he's really what a great trade for them and you throw in the fact that actually was that a trade I can't yeah. even remember. Or yeah, was was. Okay. So that was just, that's just amazing there. They, they've got the offense too, is doing things right. And that defense is still very strong. I'm going to go ahead and say Miami. I don't care if they're going cross country or not. I know that's hard. Take the dolphins. Yeah. Miami's coming off that loss to the 49ers. I think they're going to be a little bit, they're going to have some motivation there. They want to keep pace in the AFC. I'm going to take the dolphins minus three. And lastly, the new England Patriots on Monday night football, they are going to Arizona. The Patriots are a mess right now. They do have the head-to-head -head win over the Steelers. That's a really bad thing that all these last three games had head-to-head -head wins over the Steelers. New England is minus two on the road, giving two. So Arizona's two-point home dogs. What do you think about the Monday Nighter? I'll go ahead and take Arizona. You know, it's the Patriots are not right. There's confusion now with who is calling the plays, who's calling the defensive plays. That little experiment that everybody was going, hey, this is great. Defensive coordinator is calling the offense. Yeah, it's not working anymore. Uh, you don't know who your quarterback is. You've got the Mac Jones side. You've got the Bailey Zappi side. I know Andrew Wilbar's in love with Bailey Zapp Zappi, and I know he's the MVP in his mind. But, you know, I just it's not doing it for New England right now. Going to Arizona, going to the West Coast, even though Arizona, they might be disappointment number two, Jeff, because they should be doing a whole lot better as well. And I know there's going to be it's going to be exciting because there's going to be a new coach in Arizona next year. I I can honestly tell you, unless something amazing happens and they go on a run and get in the playoffs and go crazy, but you know, I doubt it. But I think this is Arizona's night to get one of those wins that that are in prime time that makes them look like they they're supposed to. I agree. I have the Cardinals holding serve at home. I maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. Uh, but I think Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins will reconnect and be just fine. Let's talk about the game everyone cares about. The Pittsburgh Steelers host the Baltimore Ravens in Pittsburgh. The Steelers are favored by two points. This spread's been all over the place. Opening line was two, then went to two and a half, then three in favor of Pittsburgh. Now back down to two. Brian, how do you see this game shaking out, and what is your final score prediction? Well, this is pretty tough, and I've got to remember what I came up with. I 
look, I can't go against the Steelers in this one. My gut is saying that this is a rise up game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a game that even though you cannot take the Baltimore Ravens for granted when you have just Justin Tucker on this team, because they just get to midfield. That guy was really close to hitting a 68 yarder the, the other week, you know, so just with that fact, it, you're going to have to clamp down. You're going to have to get turnovers. I think this is TJ Watts welcome back game where he's like, all right, I've been playing with you guys. I am back and back with a vengeance. I'm thinking a few sacks for TJ alone. I, I'm thinking Minka comes up big in this game as well. Cam Sutton comes up big in this game. And the the offense plays smart enough to win and go head-to-head. Don't get cute in this game. Just try to get – they get two touchdowns and four field goals from – I got from – I got to throw in this. I don't know if you heard the show the other night with Shannon White, but he gave our kicker, the Pittsburgh Steelers kicker, a new nickname, Matthew. All right, all right, all right. And uh, so if you, if all right, all right, all right, can get three or four and match that of Tucker, they could win this game. I'm actually going to say four field goals, two touchdowns, 26 to 23 Pittsburgh Steelers. I hope I'm right. I don't think it's going to be that high scoring, but I have a similar kind of way it plays out. I just don't think the Ravens are scoring a lot of points right now. I don't see that changing against Pittsburgh's defense. I like the Steelers. I know that's a surprise to everyone listening. I like the Steelers to win this game 20 to 16. I think the four points is going to be huge because that takes Justin Tucker off the field. They would need to score a touchdown at the end and the Steelers defense does the job and they win and they go to six and seven and hope springs eternal amongst the Steelers. Well, some of the Steelers fan base, we'll put it that way. <laughs> so, all right, Brian, thanks for coming on. Why don't you tell everyone how they can, uh, what you have coming up? I know the Here We Go Steelers show. What's your focus this week? All right, yeah. So we are we are talking about the fact that it's Ravens week, but that doesn't mean that the Ravens are weak. Mm. So a little little play on words. There you uh, go. I spelled out right uh, that that title. You would have probably. You might have not have seen that title, so you didn't get a chance to nix it yet. But uh, no, I but saw I, it. I let uh, it go. I'm like, I'm just gonna <laughs> let him do his thing. It's fine. <laughs> but you know, it, it's look, no Lamar. That doesn't mean that this is a slam dunk. There's other guys on this team. I will say this. I brought this guy up to uh, to uh, Mr. Wilcox yesterday, and it's look out for Devin Duvernay. Look out for Mark Andrews and look out for these guys because they uh, they can stretch it on you. And this guy, Huntley, he can go ahead and pass the ball. If Huntley is not there, you've got Hundley. So if you don't pronounce your T's too well, you might have Hundley anyways because I used to not be able to pronounce my T's. But with that being said, you know it's going to be a fantastic game. That's what we're talking on here. We go to the Steelers show. We also have some other shows this weekend that you do not want to miss. There are too many to list right now, but just go ahead and check them out. Check out the entire network. And don't forget, right before the game, Dave Schofield just gives you a gem. It was originally supposed to be like a three-minute show, but his last-minute thoughts is like now... 30 minutes now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dave's two-hour last-minute thoughts. Here we go. But they're, they're, they're really good. Crime and punishment. 
it's it, it is a nice little primer for the game. So it is. No, no, definitely no, check that out. Is, yeah. But but I I I'll say today's face because you know I will. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. Well, that was supposed to be seven minutes, and <laughs> now you can't complain that you have an extra show. <laughs> That's true. So as Brian says, with that being said, with that being said, thank you for joining the show, Brian. Take it easy, and I'll see you in a few for the Steelers preview. Take it easy. <laughs> it was an honor. <laughs> see you. All right. So let's finish this as we always do with a heart to heart. You know, Steelers versus Ravens. Steelers, Ravens, Ravens week. I used to call this, before I started writing and podcasting, this was Ravens hate week. Because when you live in Maryland, like I said before, this is this is a different animal when you live in this state. But Steelers, Ravens brings back some great memories. And I'm not only talking about the, the games that the Steelers were able to win. It just brings back some f- tremendous memories. And sometimes the memories themselves don't have anything to do with the game. It's what happened around the game. I can still remember games in college where my buddies and I were all Steeler fans yelling at the screen, making fun of Tony Saragusa. May he rest in peace. Uh, Brian Billick. We used to hate Brian Billick. Weasel boy Billick. Uh, oh, my gosh. We used to hate his guts. Um, now it's training. Obviously, we're, now we can't stand Harbs. Wang Harbs, as we call him on the Steelers preview. The Steelers and Ravens, in my opinion, is everything great about an NFL rivalry. There's, there is that level of respect, as much as I hate to say it, but there is still a lot of hatred there. And I don't know if this current rivalry is the same. I don't know if any rivalry will ever match that of the early 2000s all the way through the 2010s. When you think about some of the legendary games in the regular season between these two teams, you think about the Charlie Batch game with Heath Miller diving and hitting the pylon to win the game in Baltimore. You think about how... It just seemed like Santonio Holmes always was the Ravens killer in a lot of ways. When you think about the the game where um, there's just so many to bring up. Regular season games against these two teams are just, there's so many awesome, Holodi Nada breaking Ben Roethlisberger's nose, uh, and then Troy Palomalu with the the tomahawk chop on Joe Flacco and the Mar Woodley car. It's just incredible. All those memories, they're great memories. They really, really are. I love this rivalry. I love Ravens week. Both weeks are probably some of my favorite weeks of the NFL season. And I'm sorry, but the the Browns, nope, they don't move the needle either. The Bengals, maybe a little bit, but not even close to the Ravens. Steelers-Ravens is different. So let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. Let's hope the Steelers pull out a victory, get to 6-7, and seven, and we are, as a fan base, and as that organization, as fans of that organization, we are in business. All right, that does it for me, folks. I'll be back on Sunday on the post-game show, and I'll also be back on Monday with my Winners and Losers podcast, so make sure you're on the lookout for that. In the meantime, have a great rest of your weekend, and as we always finish it out, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. Here we go.